Hi, this is Corey Turner. And along with my wife, Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. Awesome. I don't know where you are right now, but why don't you just lift your hands just where you're at. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We invite you into this moment. Holy Spirit, would you speak to us? Would you lead us? Holy Spirit, we need you like never before. We thank you for what you're doing. And we thank you that today is going to be a day of freedom for so many. That today is going to be a day where people, what seemed like a situation of hopelessness, that from today there is hope. So God, we give you glory and honour in advance. We come against every attack of the enemy that would try to distract and we silence you right now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. You can, why don't we thank online, obviously, and uh, here, the amazing worship team that we have. We have an amazing worship team and they are amazing. So thank you so much, guys. You guys can take a seat. Awesome. Well, I don't know how you got into tuning into us at the 5 p.m., but I want to say welcome. Uh, if you've somehow come across this, stay with us. All right. I, I've got a word here that I really feel like is going to be a word in season for you specifically. And, uh, and I believe that God is going to speak to you like never before. I, I can imagine there are people in their rooms right now that you're like, there's something weird that's happening in your room. Let me tell you, that's the presence of Jesus. He's just rocked up in your room and he wants to communicate something to you. And so, so I'm going to preach, I'm going to open up the Bible in, uh, in Mark chapter 6, and, uh, and we're going to read what he says, and I've got a few things I want to say, um, so let's get into that. Mark chapter 6, verse 34 to 44 says this, When he went ashore, he, being Jesus, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things, and when it grew late... His disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them and said, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said, Five and two fish. And then he commanded them to all sit down in groups on the grass, on the green grass. So then, so they sat down in groups by the hundreds and by fifties and taking five loaves and two fish, he looked to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up 12 basket loaves of broken pieces and of the fish, and, all, and those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. 5,000 men. This is an incredible story here in, in the Gospel of Mark, and he's communicating a moment where Jesus provides a miraculous miracle. But there are multiple miracles that are happening here. And uh, before we get into that, why don't we pray, invite the Holy Spirit to come and speak to us. So Holy Spirit, we ask you again to come. We need you like never before. 
We ask that you would come and speak to us afresh. God, I pray for every person that's maybe just come across this and tuned in, whether it be what appears to be by accident. God, I thank you that you've got a divine appointment for every single person. And God, I thank you that you are gonna set free those that are bound. God, you are gonna give hope to those that are hopeless. And we declare tonight that your kingdom shall advance and it shall extend no matter what we may be facing right now in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. Amen. Wow. What a couple of weeks we have had. If you are not in Melbourne and not in Victoria, it has been an interesting couple of weeks. We've gone down into lockdown 4.0 and uh, there's been multiple things that have happened. But one thing that I've come to realise is that we live in a broken and hurting world. I mean, you you only have to see what has been happening here in Melbourne, let alone what's been happening in the other parts of our world to know that we live in a broken and hurting world. I I read an article early this week that said suicide amongst young people has, has risen dramatically over the last period of time. We've got domestic violence that's been growing or or escalating like never before. We've had people, more people come in with anxiety and depression and things that are happening. Our world is broken and hurting and it feels like I'm saying the obvious. But yet in the midst of all of that, I want to remind us that God is still on the throne. That, That Jesus is actually still coming back again. That, that the Holy Spirit is with you right now where you're at. And the best part of all is that he actually has a part for you to play. I think you need to realise this. In the midst of everything that's going on, in the midst of, uh, of people losing their businesses, people losing jobs, people losing their livelihood, yet we need to remember that God is still on the throne. Jesus is coming back for his church. The Holy Spirit is with you and you and I have a role to play in advancing God's kingdom. I think it's important for us to recognise in the midst of everything going on, that we have a part to play. You know, we read this story. It's often known as feeding the 5,000. And in the Gospel of Mark, it starts in, I think it's verse 32 and goes right through to verse 44. We see what's happening. And to give you a bit of context to this particular story, we see that uh, before this, Jesus had been working with his 12 disciples and he sent them out two by two. He said, go out into the places and I want you to cast out demons, bring freedom, lay your hands on the sick, see them healed. And they've gone out and done that. And then we pick up the story as the disciples have come back to Jesus and They're talking about all of the stories and situations and things that have been happening in their life. Jesus says to them, right, let's get on a boat. We're going to go and just have a bit of a break. We're going to have a time out. We're going to catch up together. And the Bible says that the crowd saw them leaving. And the Bible says that they ran to the town where they were going to. And then we pick up what we read where it said, and when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Can I tell you tonight that Jesus, even right now, what's happening in our world right now is still looking upon humanity with compassion. That has not changed. And compassion compels him to action. Why? Because we find later on that he he began to teach them. In Matthew's account of the same situation, he says that, and he healed their sick. So Jesus comes in on the shore and he sees this crowd that are are desperate, that are hurt, that are broken. 
and he has compassion on them. And he starts to speak about the kingdom of God. He starts to speak about his heavenly father and how they can live in freedom, how they don't have to live in bondage anymore, how they can be healed, how they can be set free from whatever's going on. And he actually starts to demonstrate the very thing that he is also teaching. Let me tell you, we need to be teaching about the kingdom of God, but we also need to be demonstrating it as well. We can't be just talking about it if we have no demonstration of what we're talking about. Demonstration comes from us getting in the secret place with God, letting the Holy Spirit speak to us and compelling us to move. I don't know about you, but I'm sure there's been many situations this week where you've been watching something or locked down in your house or on a Zoom call with your work colleagues or whatever it may have been, and you can see a hopeless situation. Let me tell you that you have within you the very thing to set people free if you're willing to get part of that. I love what's happening here. Jesus is setting this up. And it's almost like he sets up this meeting. And I can just imagine, I've got a fairly uh, a, a big imagination. I kind of put myself in the story and think about what would have been happening. So this may not be totally theologically correct, but welcome to my imagination. And so I can imagine for a moment the disciples are like, yes, this is Jesus. He's gonna, we're going to see some amazing things happen. I mean, I'm sure they'd seen you know, amazing things happen before, but hang on, this is... Buckle yourself in, boys, like it's about to get real. And they're sitting there and Jesus is teaching and then he spits in the mud and wipes it on some eyes. People see, people are, are, are healed, delivered, and they're like, man, how good is this? We've got the best job in the world. It's amazing. And then it comes to that time that if you've been in church for any length of time, you know that time where it's like, okay, pastor, it's time to close the service. I'm hungry. We need to get going. And so the disciples come to Jesus and say, uh, uh, Jesus, just, uh, this has been amazing. This has been great. It's been phenomenal. But what, what you need to realize is the people, this, there's, there's no like really good places to go and eat around here. This is really desolate. So we need to send them home so they can at least go and get some food. And so, so what happens is, is he's, he's saying all of this and, and I can just imagine that, that Peter and, and all these guys are, are, are commentating about what's happened and then Jesus responds to them something that I think is very profound and we can miss it just by reading over it or being familiar with the story. Jesus says this, he says, you give them something to eat. And you might be saying, well, what's so significant about that, Dave? What, what, that, what, that doesn't make much sense. No, no, no. Jesus is inviting his disciples to not just be spectators, but to be participators in the kingdom of God advancing. And the same is happening today. Jesus is inviting us, God is inviting us to participate in the advancement of his kingdom. The question is, are we willing to do it? Why would Jesus say, give them something to eat? I've got four points in my message because that's what I could come up with. And the first one's this. It says, God has given us, you and me, a role to play in expanding his kingdom. You and I have a role to play in expanding God's kingdom. We live in a world that is hurting and dying and the answer is found with the Jesus that lives within you and me. The question is, will we take up the call? I mean, you think about the story, I'm sure Peter and, and the disciples are commentating about what Jesus is doing in the moment. You know, Peter's there saying, I, I reckon I can do that. I could do that, no worries. And I'm sure Thomas is there going, I, don't, I doubt that. That's my bad Christian joke. Okay. Um, but I'm sure all of these things are happening, but yet what we need to realize is that 
Jesus not only came and manifested his kingdom on this planet, but he extends an invitation to say, you don't need to be a spectator, you can come and participate. You can come and be a part of what I'm doing. In fact, as I look through Scripture, God has always used humans to advance his kingdom. Always. You don't believe me? Let's go to Genesis. God creates the world, the Garden of Eden, and he sets all of that in play. And then he says in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth. Subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over everything that moves on the earth. He not only says that, in Genesis 2.15, he says that the Lord God put man and put him in the Garden of Eden. What? To work it and to keep it. In other words, God set it up, then he gave us the ability to advance it. But here's the thing, if you don't get off your gluteus maximus and get in the game, if you don't get up and get involved, the the kingdom of God is limited through your life. I see this happening time and time again because people, God is going, I have done everything I could for you. I've done, I've sent my son, I've done it all. I just need somebody to do something. Just do something. Not only that, we can fast forward to when Jesus has died on the cross, he rose again, he's hanging out with, the, with, his, with his homeboys and, and, and he accept, he's, he's heading back to heaven in the Father and he says in Matthew 28 verse 19, he says, go into all the world and make disciples. In other words, he invites you in to participate in the advancement of his kingdom that brings life, healing, liberty to all of those that are bound, not to some, not just an elect few, but everybody. See, I, I, can, I can just see what the disciples' response is, mimics so much of what our response is. He, he says this, he says, the disciples say this, they said, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it them to them to eat? It's almost like, okay, Jesus, does this come out of my ministry budget? Like, like uh, you know how much I'm getting paid to, to do all of this. Like, how am I going to do that? And we make excuses for the things that God's calling us to do. Because here's the thing. Sometimes we allow the obstacles we face to influence the word that we've heard, which affects the response that we do. I, I think I need to say that again. Sometimes we allow the obstacles that we face influence the word that we've heard, which affects the response that we have. How many times do we are walking down the street when you're allowed out or, or whatever it may be doing, going to, to drop the kids off at school or, or, or going to university and you hear the prompting of the Holy Spirit and all of a sudden the obstacles around all of a sudden become bigger and it, inf- it, it infects the word instead of just being obedient and releasing the kingdom of God. I love, love the response here because I think the disciples like us have a very short-term memory because early on in the chapter, God, Jesus had sent them out two by two and he sent them out to set free, to expand the kingdom. But he said, okay, there are three things you can't take with you. You can't take bread, you can't take a bag and you can't take money. And he sends them out to go and extend the kingdom. And the very thing that they're complaining about they don't have 
is the very thing that when they were sent the first time and saw the miraculous things. Let's not forget they're probably talking about all of the things that, that, that Jesus had done or that had been happening through their ministry as they'd gone out two by two. Yet the very same thing holds them back from continuing to extend the kingdom. The kingdom advances, advancement has always been through God's people, the church, you and I. And the moment that we realise this is the moment everything changes. God, look, I'm so thankful for what Jesus has done. I'm so thankful that He came, lived a perfect life, paid for my sin, paid for everybody's sin, that He rose again, He's now ascended and at the right hand and He is coming again. And that is fantastic and I'm so thankful for it. But the thing that I love even more is that He invites me to participate in His victory. He invites you to participate in, your, in His victory as well. And too long we've allowed the circumstances that we face around us cause us to shrink back, cause us to be influenced by the word, from the word that we've heard. And for too long, for too long we've allowed the enemy and what he has said to dictate our agenda. But let me tell you, no more is that gonna happen. So how do I play my role? in expanding the kingdom of God. I'm so glad you've asked. Do you realise, and this is point two, you have more in you than what you think. There is more in you than what you can think. There is more that what God has placed in you than you could ever hope, dream or imagine. In verse 38 of this same story, Jesus says, how many loaves do you have? He's asking the question, what do you have? Disciples, what did you bring with you? What did you you have? See, you need to realise that Jesus, that when you were formed in your mother's womb, that God placed something significant inside of you. And it is incredible and significant and it deserves, the world deserves to see what God has placed within you. But here's the thing, you've got to find out what it is. You have to find out what God has placed in you. In 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10, it says this, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. In other words, He has placed something significant in you. And if we would start to lean in and say, okay, I wonder what that is. God, what have you placed inside of me? What have you put inside of me that is significant? Then we start to lean into it. I actually firmly believe that one of the devil's biggest tactics is to convince you what you do not have. I'm not gifted enough. I'm not talented enough. I'm not eloquent enough. That obstacle's far too big. I'm not good enough to do that. No, the question was, what don't you have? The question was, what do you have? And we need to stop answering the questions of the enemy and start answering the questions of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit knows what He's put inside you and the question is actually tainted towards you actually learning something about you. Some of us are so consumed by what we don't have that we never realise what we do have. Romans chapter 8 and verse 11 says this, The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. Let me tell you, there is more in you than what you know. There is more in me than what I know. There is more in you. And it's up for me to actually go and find out what it is. So how do I find out what it is? 
Well, later on in the same verse, Jesus says, go and see. In other words, search high and low for what God has put in you. Search high and low for what God has put in you. Now, in John's account of this same story, John sees, and maybe it was John who actually found this out, I don't know, but they actually find a young boy with a lunch. They find him with five barley loaves and two fish. Now, what we need to understand is there's 5,000 men that we hear that are, that are at this. And I don't know if you've been to a, a stadium or a building when we we're allowed to with lots of people. But can you imagine for a moment that all of a sudden that, that someone says, hey, can you just go out into the crowd and see what kind of food that they have? Like there's a meeting that's going on. Jesus is doing his thing and, and you've got to go out and try not to interrupt everything. Like it would have taken time to go and see. It would have taken humility to ask. And can I tell you, one of the best ways that you can come towards God is with a base of humility. You have to come with humility because the moment you think you've got it is the moment pride steps in and actually deceives you of actually what you've got. So I can just see them going about left, right and centre, searching high and low. As I look at my life, I, I kind of I think back at how everything kind of started for me. I remember when I was in grade six, I was asked by our kids pastor at that stage, hey, Dave, would you come and be part of our junior leaders? And I said, okay, well, what does that mean? And, and they said, we just want you to run a game. And I'm like, I can do that. I'm all for having games. I, I love a competition. So we ran the game as part of a kid's ministry, and that's what we did. And slowly but surely they said, oh, well, we want you to, to do this particular part. We want you to do the craft, which they very quickly realized that that was not a gifting of mine and moved that on to somebody else. And, and, but slowly but surely, that started to happen. Not only that, when, when I was about 16, uh, my now wife and I, we, our church had been through a bit of a church split and, and there wasn't many young people there at all. In fact, there were other youth ministries that were going amazing and it was phenomenal and I wanted to go there because the reality was there was really good looking girls there. But, but I felt the Holy Spirit say, why don't you start something where you're at? And so I spoke to Louise and I said, why don't we just start something? And so we did. We had no idea what we were doing. In fact, the first night we had a youth night on the Saturday night, we had more parents at the youth night than we did young people. That's failure by any measurement whatsoever. But yeah, you know what it was? I just kept searching. Rock up the next week. Try something again. Do something different. Slowly but surely. Then I was asked to go to Bible college. Then I was asked to take on the youth ministry. Then after a period of time, I was asked to lead the church. Can I tell you, I never thought that I'd be where I am right now. But it was through seeking, going after God, what have you placed inside of me? What is the thing that you wanna do through me? God, I'm a humble person. I just wanna do whatever you wanna do. But here's the thing, unless you put action to the prayers of your heart, then God can't move you. I don't know what it looks like for you. But maybe it's something similar to me. Start serving somewhere. Starting kids or youth, young adults, maybe operations. And look, I, I get, I, I sit down and speak with a number of different people. And one of the common things that people will say to me, Dave, I don't know how to do what God has called me to do. The, the dream that he has given me, I've got no idea how to get there. And can I tell you the thing that I've learned is often God gives you a dream that's far bigger than you could ever think. I mean, I just think about the, the vision that's on this house, planting 200 churches across four global hubs, having a spirit of revival to disciple cities and nations. Whew. 
How, like, that whole thing is tiring in and of itself, and that's just the statement. It's like it's too big. But can I tell you what the answer is? Is just do something. Just get off your backside and do something. Because God can move you where you need to be if you're in motion, but he can't pick you up and move you. I heard a great saying the other day, it's always easier to, to direct a moving vehicle. I think too many of us get so weighed up in how is it gonna happen? What is this gonna do? How am I gonna do this? You know what I've just found? If you just get in and get serving and do and do it with a heart that I'm just gonna do whatever I need to do, I don't care what it looks like, then God will get you to where you need to be. He'll teach you what He needs to teach you. The Holy Spirit will lead you where you need to go. You don't need to worry about how you're gonna get there. All know is that I'm gonna get there. I'm just gonna do what's in front of me. It is my responsibility to search what God has placed inside of me. It's not my parents, it's not my pastors, it's not my kids, not my wife, not my lecturer, not my teacher, no one. It, it's mine. So now that I know what God has put inside of me, now that I've gone on that journey, what next? Because so many of us can actually go through a place where we just go, I'm just gonna work this out. I'm just gonna do it my own strength. No, no. There's one last step that you need to be aware of that actually propels you into your calling and your destiny, that transforms and expands the kingdom. This is the fourth point. Now place what you have found in the hands of Jesus and see his kingdom expanded. In verse 41 of Mark chapter six, it says this, and taking the five loaves and two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the, lo broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people and he divided the two fish among them all. In verse 42 it says, and they all ate and were satisfied. The thing that I found out in my life is whenever I have tried to make it happen myself, I may have had some sort of fruit to that. I may have had some sort of evidence of that really worked. But the moment that I've shifted from me trying to do it on my own and say, so God, I, I'm just gonna place my gift, my talent, my calling, my life in your hands, that's where a multiplication comes about that all of a sudden you go from being a victim of the, surround, of the world around you to now being a light that other people can come and partake of and experience the kingdom of God. See, it's not just about me. It's not just about, what. it's when I placed my life and my gifting in Jesus' hands, he said that all were satisfied from one small young boy's lunch, the lunch that saved the day, the lunch that fed 5,000 plus people happened because someone was willing to put it in Jesus' hands. I wonder if there's some people that in the midst of the lockdown here in Melbourne, that if you are willing now, instead of seeing that what is happening around us and you know what, I'm just gonna do this and I'm gonna get ticked off at that person and ticked off at this person, how about we turn that energy to a place of, okay, Holy Spirit, what are you asking me to do now? I'm placing my life, my dependence, my everything in you and I wanna see a multiplication happen for your kingdom to advance because every person that came into an encounter with Jesus left healed. 
Every person that came into an encounter with Jesus left whole. Every person that came into an encounter with Jesus left set free. I wonder if there's a a group of people that say, you know what, I'm willing to put my life in Jesus' hands to see a generation, to see a world, to see a city, to see a nation in total health, in total freedom. But the question is, what are you going to do with what He's placed inside of you? The band can come up because I'm going to come to a close. God has given you a role to play. You have more in you than what you think. Search high and low for it and then place it in the hands of Jesus. Like, it, it is seriously, it, I don't know how to convey it in any more simplistic terms. I don't know where you're at right now. I don't know what you're facing right now. But what I do know is that each and every one of us, there is a step that we can take. Maybe for some of us, it's saying, God, I I don't know what you placed inside of me. And it's time for you to go on that search. It's time for you to go and find what God placed something in you because He has put something significant in you. You're not a mistake. You're not an accident. No, God knew you before you were formed. And He placed something within you. Maybe for some of us, it's action. Maybe we know what we're called to do. Maybe we've actually got the opportunity to step out and do it. But for whatever reason, we're not doing anything. I think today is the time that that changes. Today is the time that I say, you know what? No more am I going to allow the voices in my head and the opinions of other people dictate to me the actions that I'm gonna take based upon what God has said. Now is your time. Now is your time to step into it. Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died, and rose again, conquering sin, Satan, and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead, and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, We would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.